Built to Last by Jim Collins. One sentence summary. Built to Last examines what lies behind the extraordinary success of 18 visionary companies and which principles and ideas they've used to thrive for a century. My favorite quote from the author is, Visionary companies pursue a cluster of objectives of which making money is only one, and not necessarily the primary one. Jim Collins This book is the result of six years of research. Published in 1994 by James C. Collins, more commonly known as Jim Collins, and Jerry Porras, it's long been a modern classic and has been translated in over 25 languages. Collins and Porras conducted a survey among hundreds of CEOs of the world's top corporations at the time and then compiled a list of 18 visionary companies, which they then thoroughly analyzed, investigated, and compared with their non-visionary peers. They wanted to find out what has helped them stay successful over decades, and in some cases, even a century. Here are the three tidbits that most struck me. 1. You don't need a great idea to start a great company. 2. Without a core ideology, a company will never be visionary. And 3. Visionary companies are like a cult. Let's dig in. Build to last, lesson 1. You don't need a great idea to start a great company. Or any idea, for that matter. This answers the question, do I need to have a business idea before I start my business? James Altucher would love this. It's right in line with his theme of becoming an idea machine. You don't need a great idea to start a great company. In fact, you don't need any idea at all. Why? Because truly great and visionary companies constantly turn out great ideas, just because they generate so many in the first place. For example, guess what Akio Morita and Masaru Ibuka did right after founding Sony? Well, they held a meeting to brainstorm business ideas. They discussed sweetened bean paste and mini golf equipment, among other things. American Express started as a mail business. Motorola was something very interesting and soon obsolete called battery eliminators. And even though Apple's computers were a great success, eventually they would create the most profitable pro product in history, a phone. The reason these companies succeeded is that instead of focusing on one idea or one great leader, they focused on the process of coming up with ideas and producing leaders, either good or bad. Being restless and persistent matters much more than having that one in a million idea. Built to last, lesson two. Without a core ideology, your company can't be visionary. This answers the question, what's the one necessary component of a visionary company? A core ideology consists of two things, a higher purpose and a set of core values. For example, Walmart's core ideology is to bring people retail products at the lowest prices with the greatest customer service. Apple's purpose? Think different. They are here to disrupt, to change, to improve. The industry doesn't matter. They did it with computers, then music, then phones. One of their values is user-friendly and beautiful design. Notice how these don't stand in the way of progress. Apple never stopped experimenting. Otherwise, they would never have moved from computers to music players. However, doing something different and making all their products look beautiful are universal principles, which can always be applied. Your core ideology has to live through all products, employees and times. It doesn't matter what it contains, but rather that it exists. If you have no purpose and no principles to hold up high, 
you'll never create a vision great enough to attract fellow great minds to help you build it. So much more than an idea, you need a purpose and a set of values. Built to last, lesson three. Visionary companies are like a cult. You're in or you're out. This answers the question, what is the most important characteristic of a visionary company? This was interesting to me, I had never considered it. Since their core ideology doesn't leave much room for compromises, visionary companies will settle only for the best employees with the same mindset. The core ideology is something that you either share or you don't. There's nothing in between, which is why new employees either thrive or leave very quickly. For example, you couldn't say the F word, damn or shit around Walt Disney. If he heard you use a four-letter word other than love, you were fired. No exceptions. Same with Apple. You either got why the series on the font were so important, or you didn't. The reason that this is important is that the company feels like a big family, almost like a cult. Only once you're sure employees follow your core ideology can you trust them enough to give them room to experiment and generate those ideas your company relies on. My personal takeaways from Built to Last for 2017. Okay, so I want to share one more company that started without having an idea. I also want to share some more examples of companies which are like cults, more modern examples. Um, and let's take it from there. So first of all, another company that started without an idea was HP, if I recall correctly. So I think they were two guys and a bunch of friends and they said, we want to start a business. So the two founders of HP, they wanted to start a business together, um, but they had no idea, right? So after, I guess, brainstorming around for a couple of months and they couldn't come up with something, they just said, you know what? Screw the idea. Let's just start a business. So I think they hired a bunch of their friends too. And then they started the business um, and had like a big table, like a round table. Everyone was there, like 10 people sat around at the table and they said, okay, what could we sell? That's literally how they started the company. And they brainstormed ideas from toys to kitchen appliances to, I don't know, food, like all kinds of things. And I think for a couple of months, they went through various ideas and they just tried this and that and this and that and this worked and this didn't. And they thought, ah, this could turn into something and so on. Uh, and after a couple of months, I guess, or, or maybe even years, I'm not exactly sure, they came into fax machines. Uh, fax machines or was it printers? Uh, I don't know what they started with exactly. But, you know, eventually they ended up with uh, printers and all the, the supplies there and so on. And that's when they really hit their stride. But they didn't they didn't have an idea, so they couldn't uh, hog it, I guess, or, or kidnap the idea or hold the idea hostage. That's what you say. Um so that was a good basis for them to start a business on. Uh, now, most of us, we have an idea, actually. We actually have more than we could ever uh, apply. Like, everyone has ideas. The game is really the execution. Uh, and so if you have no idea, you have a good reason to start a business if you want to, because you can just start from the from the get-go and generate ideas when you have the business. Um because if you're not executing anything, you're not costing any money, right? So initially, that's going to be cheap if you started on the side with a buddy or two. Um, and if you have ideas, 
you have all the you have exactly the same like a lot of reason to start a company because you need to find out if your idea is any good and you need to implement it and you will find out very quickly that the idea will never come true in the way you imagined but in a whole different way um so whether you start playing around with crazy ideas like i'm doing an app right now with two friends which i never thought was something i would do um and i'm a writer right <laughs> so um whether you do that late or now or you have a business um there's always room to play and room to toy with new things and new ideas Okay, more cult companies. Uh, Peter Thiel in Zero to One, he mentions he also talks about cults. And he has actually a scale of, uh, on the one end, on the one extreme end, there is a cult of the scale. So, or like a, um, almost a sect or something, like a an extreme religious group, right? That's like the one extreme where you're like, there's only the in-group and nothing else. And they're very intolerant to, every, to all the outsiders. Um, and then there's something like, like the masses where um, you're, you don't even matter, right? There's no, no, no common thread. There's no common theme. It's really very blubbery. And he put great companies and great startups just before the cult status, right? So a little more towards the cult side, towards the family, close-knit group kind of style, but definitely not on the other, oh, like we serve everyone, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so... He talks a lot about the startups uh, from the early 2000s, um, talks about Facebook having a cult. I mean, these were just straight up geeks eating pizza, sleeping on the floor. Um, coding was the most important thing, right? Like working on the product, make, having a big vision, uniting people, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, you had to be a nerd, right? Mark um, Zuckerberg wore flip-flops or, or Adidas, these sandal type of things. Um, at PayPal, they have this whole thing called the PayPal Mafia, where it's like Reed Hoffman founded LinkedIn, Elon Musk, uh, Tesla, SpaceX, um, Solar City founder. Uh, you have Peter Thiel who did, who did PayPal, and a whole bunch of other dudes who did some pretty insane stuff. Um, and these all had the same values, like okay, we need to build something that replaces the old thing. It's 10x better than what we've done before. Um, we really need to change the way, I don't know, like humans communicate, LinkedIn is like, we need to change how how uh, headhunters or like how people are hired and so on. So they had like big, bold ideas, um, insane work ethic. So th there's always a couple of things that are very similar. And um, you actually want, I think, uh, and other examples like Snapchat has a very cult-like um, style and I read about it today. Leadership style is supposed to be terrible. Evan Spiegel um, supposed to instill a cu culture of fear and stuff like that. So that's a very good, very secretive culture, kind of like Google a little bit, where they don't exactly nobody really knows what's going on until Google says something. Um, so there's lots of ways you can design a cult. Uh, the the goal is I think like if your employees want to wear sweaters with your logo on it. I think that's a good sign, right? So they, they super identify with the company. Um, it's not necessarily they shouldn't bash against others or like like some friendly competition is okay, um, but they shouldn't bash other companies or anything like that. It's just that you really want people to identify because that's the only way that it, the work can be fun enough for people to put in the time they need to, to actually make something really what Jim Collins would call visionary. Okay, I hope that gave some background, enough of my ramblings, and see you on the next summary.